This is our 10th session now on Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, and we move from the first pair of with all lowliness and meekness to the second group or maybe pair with long-suffering, enduring one another in love. Father, as we look at long-suffering, patience, and enduring one another, which sounds kind of sad, in love, teach us how to maintain the unity of the Spirit through these kinds of lowly, meek, long-suffering, enduring ways that are so beautifully worthy of our calling. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So keep in mind, what we're trying to do is understand how to walk worthy, that is, fitting, in a fitting way to our calling. A calling that is an event that happened to us when God raised us from the dead spiritually and gave us life and faith and the hope that came from it, the hope of your calling. So the calling has a a backward dimension to look at, at the massive work of rescue at the price of Jesus' blood and by his sovereign power to raise us from the dead, and it has a future dimension of hope, which is inheriting the whole world, or as two seven says, that he will take generation after generation to lavish his grace and kindness on us forever and ever. And it if we if we focus on this, if if this sinks into us, it will shape, it will shape our walk and our walk will become fitting to this. And he's describing what that looks like. And it looks like first a profound lowliness is created when we realize what God has done for us. And a, a broken-hearted boldness that we call meekness. And now we're moving to this second with. So here's the first with and its pair, the second with and its pair. And it is long-suffering. And I think long-suffering or patience, not having a short fuse, being disposed to not retaliate quickly, I think that is a form or an expression or a manifestation of this meekness. It may be that it's a step further, that first there's lowliness producing the demeanor of meekness, and then there's long-suffering within something we, we are, producing the activity of enduring one another, just like this is the what we are and this is produces a relation to other people. It may be that this meekness and lowliness feed into this. I suspect that is profoundly the case. If you're not a lowly person, you're going to be have a quick temper almost certainly. So long-suffering and enduring one another, and then in love at the end to make sure we realize that this enduring flows from recognizing in our calling that 
that we were profoundly loved. Now let's see these things a little more widely. Here's Paul talking about it and his own ministry in 1 Corinthians 4. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. Now there's the word, enduring one another in love. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We've become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. So how can Paul know this about himself? That is, his reputation stinks in the nostrils of hundreds of people. And Paul has the spiritual resources to bless those who revile him and endure those who persecute him and entreat those who slander him. That's simply amazing. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Jesus was calling for here in Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Let's all pay back, right? Somebody hurt you, hurt it back. Quick, get the last word, get the last slug. No, but I say to you, don't resist the one who's evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And he knows that's not the only way that love and justice happen in the world. But it is a default way. That should be our disposition as Christians. Here's 1 Thessalonians 5. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Don't do that. If your wife says something demeaning to you, don't don't do it back. If she neglects you, don't do it back. If a husband does something displeasing to you, don't displease him back. But always seek to do good to one another and everyone. 1 Peter 3, do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called. So part of our very calling, when we understand it rightly, is to bring our lives into sync with our calling, which results in not repaying evil for evil, or, as Ephesians 4 says, enduring one another, being long-suffering. Here's James 1. Know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, quick to speak, slow to anger. That's enduring one another, slow to anger. If somebody says something, does something, slanders you, reviles you, abuses you, the the quickness of your response is a barometer of how your life is in conformity to your calling. Do you see what Christ did for you? Do you see what it cost him? Do you see the horrible, hopeless condition that you were in? Do you see the inestimable riches about to be yours just over the horizon? Here's Ephesians 4. Be angry and do not sin. So there are sometimes legitimate reasons to be angry, but the measure of whether it's a righteous anger is whether you savor it or not. That is, don't let the sun go down on it. In other words, it may have a role to play, but it will eat up your heart if you go to bed on it every night. I've tasted this. I know what this is like. Anger is a killer emotion, eating everything, and and give no opportunity to the devil. Oh, indeed, if you go to bed on your anger, the devil will have your heart. Let all bitterness and wrath, all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So all that is to say, endure one another in love. 
is First Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep loving one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. That means endures others. There are times when sins must be confronted and dealt with, and there are times when sins are confronted and they're not resolved. Sometimes the people we confront don't think they are sinning, and you think they are sinning, and it may not be serious enough for you to bring before the church. So you cover it. That is, you let them know what you think. You do your best to be reconciled, and then you cover it. You do not continually bring it up against them. It's a great marriage destroyer if we interpret our spouse's behavior as sin when they don't think there's sin, and we constantly fail to cover it or fail to endure it. Here's Ephesians 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So God adopted us and loved us, and out of that love we imitate him. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. So here we have the love of Christ and the love of our Father, and we're called to be imitators of our Father who loved us, and we're called to live in love as Christ loved us, which brings us back now to this phrase, in love. At the end of verse 2, endure one another in love, which now we know means uh, our Father's love and Christ's love. Because we have been called. And what was this call? This call was 2-5. He made us alive. And what does 2-5 get introduced by? Because of the great love with which he loved us, he made us alive. So knowing your calling and walking worthy of your calling is another way of saying, live in love toward one another. That's an expression of bringing our lives into a fit conformity with the way we were called and what we were called to. So the way we become a long-suffering person who endures others in love is the same way we became a lowly person and a meek person, namely by fixing our gaze on the glorious, loving, powerful, undeserved, unspeakably great grace we received when he called us out of darkness into life and when he gave us an inheritance beyond all comparison. And then we pray that reality into our lives until we become long-suffering people who readily endure others rather than striking back.